Amen. Well, good morning, Pulpit Rock. My name is Kyle Collins. I'm the community's pastor here. We're going to have some fun looking back at something we did in January together as a community this morning. But I just wanted to start with this question. How are you doing? I'll wait. No, I'm just joking. I wish we could be together. How are you doing? I, I, it's a simple question. I think it's, it's one that we throw around a lot. Uh, I was asked that question the other day, and I did not have an answer for it. Uh, I, I really want to know how your soul and your relationships and your mental health and how your heart is doing in this season. You know, for me, when my spiritual director asked me that question and really pressed it, I had all sorts of things to say that kind of described the season. I had things to say about what it was like to be at home with little kids and, and both Janae and I working together. Uh, there was lots of vague and general observations about how God was moving and at work and how he was using it to help us rethink our approach to community and to church. But I hadn't actually stopped long enough to look deeper inside my heart to ask the question, how am I doing? And what was God up to in that very moment? You know, as I began to do that work of just reflecting and processing and sorting through some of those feelings and emotions, I was surprised by the number of things that have felt painful and that have felt hard for me in this season. I don't know if you share in that with me. The, the uniqueness of this thing that we're going through right now is all of us are experiencing the same event, and yet all of us have a different experience of that event at the same time. And I found myself just repeating over and over in, in these conversations how much this season has felt like a setback for me or a reversal of hard-fought-for rhythm and discipline, things that were really good and helpful and healthy and moving me forward in my walk with God. You know, every single day, there's unfinished work. Am I right? Un untouched chores. There's relational demands for my time and for my energy that I cannot meet. And I feel like I'm failing all the time. Now, time out. Some of those feelings are true. There are true things in there. there. There's ways that I've failed. But there's also a lot of things in there that are lies and unfair expectations that I, that I place on myself or I expect of my time and capacity. Regardless of whether it's true or not, those are real feelings that we carry. And for me, one of the, the, the costs of not taking the time to sort through what it is that I'm actually feeling and kind of name it and speak it is that I just carry it around like an anchor around my heart. And there's this temptation to kind of dismiss some of those feelings and emotions because there's a lot of good in this season too. There, there's parts of this that feel like a gift and there's parts that feel like loss. And it's easy to minimize, to kind of look at others and say, well, you know, my life is fairly comfortable. It's not as bad. I mean, there is a lot of privilege and yet at the same time, they're feelings that we carry. The Holy Spirit for me has been exposing and revealing a lot in this season. Has, this, has it felt exposing and revealing to you? I think there's something unique about moments like this and times like this where, where that happens. It often happens for us. Here's a few of the things that I feel like the Holy Spirit has been exposing and revealing to me. You know, it's revealing that I believe that the work of God is more tied to my effort and participation than it is to the Holy Spirit in my life. The work that God is doing in me, I believe that it's more tied to my effort and to my participation than it is to the Holy Spirit. You know, it's exposing that my confidence and my security, they're tied to how disciplined I am and how well I meet the expectations I place on myself and are placed on me by others. It's revealing how I've chased rhythm and schedule and rule of life as the thing that God was doing in me rather than a trellis 
or a structure to support and sustain the growth that was happening. You know, a, a trellis is this structure that's designed to be built and rebuilt over and over to meet the needs of the season. It's not some permanent monument. The author of Hebrews describes this process of revealing and exposing for us. And I think it's so good for us to listen to in this moment. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And here it's not just describing the Bible as the word of God, but in a broader sense, the word of God that is preached and read and spoken to us through the Holy Spirit. And its design is to discern the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Its design is to expose and to reveal things and to help us see what we cannot. And it tells us that nothing is hidden. Now, I think that verse alone may not feel like very good news to you, but this exposing and revealing, it's not intended to induce shame. It's not intended to frustrate. After it exposes and reveals, it doesn't direct us to just stop it, to just fix ourselves. It doesn't leave us alone. It doesn't point us to a strategic plan of behavior modification. Notice what follows. The good news is that after it exposes and reveals, it doesn't leave us. It points us to Jesus. It points us to a person. Verse 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us with confidence draw near. I mean, isn't that the most... uh, like the thing that we don't think of when, when all of my sin and, and brokenness and things that are exposed that aren't working are revealed, the temptation that I have is to, is to pull away. It's to push back. It's to hide, to run from. But here, because of Jesus, we can with confidence draw near to the one who knows and sees it all. The one who is exposing and revealing that we may receive mercy and find grace to help. That hard and sometimes painful work of exposing and revealing all of it is an invitation to draw nearer to Christ. It's a gift to us to both see what we cannot and also to find help and to draw closer to God. And this exposing and revealing that's happening in our lives right now, it's not something unique to this moment in time. Now the volume may be cranked to 100 right now and it may be more painful and more obvious than it's been. But this is always the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This journey with God, it's this continual dance of exposing and revealing and us responding in step. You know, in our spiritual growth, it doesn't happen as we step blindly into good things or things we feel we should or we ought to do. Spiritual growth happens as we step into the things that he has prepared 
and tilled the soil for. Spiritual growth happens as we step into the stuff that he has been prepping to grow. And so that's why in January of this year, we started 2020 by taking several weeks to focus on this idea of reflection. You know, we practiced it together as a community, and then uh, we had a reflection guide and an assessment that we did. And we just invited God to lead all of us to name one step we could take this year that could help us to grow. And so almost 600 of you participated in January and named that step. And we knew when we did that uh, service that we wanted to revisit that time again in May. So just to celebrate the steps that were taken together and to encourage one another to keep going. Now, I certainly was not imagining in January that that follow-up would, would happen in this moment. But has it ever been more relevant for us? You know, if you've joined us since then, or maybe you're watching online even for the first time today, you, you might be wondering what this reflection guide was about and why it even matters I think to answer that, I have to start by just saying that we believe that we exist as a church to help people journey with God. We exist as a church. It's the reason that we are here. And you know, notice I didn't say that we exist as a church to, to gather together in this building to have awesome worship and teaching and drink great coffee and fellowship. And as much as I enjoy those things and long for their return, the church is and has always been the people of God both gathered and dispersed. And it's never been just about what happens on Sunday mornings at 301 Austin Bluffs. We exist to help you journey with God, to become who God has created you to be. And we, and we know this, that that journey for all of us is unfinished. No one has arrived and figured it all out. That journey's messy. It's really difficult at times and it's hard and that we desperately need one another. But we also recognize this, that we do not know all of the best ways to help you journey with God and become who God has created you to be. Let me say that again. I don't know, we don't know, Pulpit Rock, the pastors, the staff, all of the best ways to help you become who God has created you to be. Now we have strategies, we have ideas, we have places to start and programs, but you have a better grasp on what steps you need to take to follow God than I do. And that's why reflection is so important. We have to stop and we have to ask God where he is at work, what he is saying, and where he's inviting us to follow. Because the Holy Spirit is revealing and exposing, and the Holy Spirit promises to lead us. And because of that incredible truth, we don't need a perfect strategy. We don't need an exhaustive spiritual growth plan to become who God has created us to be. We just need a next step. And so that reflection guide, that assessment, that's all it was. It was a simple attempt to help you name a next step that you could take. Now, we could have said something like this. Everyone at Pulpit Rock should be in a small group in 2020, or everyone should give an hour of their week to serve, or, or everyone should be in a men's group or a women's group, or everyone should be in, in a class on Sunday mornings, or everyone should come to the, the marriage conference. Now, all of those could help you grow and to follow Jesus, and many of those have helped me grow and follow Jesus. But the hard truth is that there are different seasons of our life where we have different capacity and different needs. And there is no secret growth recipe. There's no spiritual maturity formula. There's no hack or shortcut or one size fits all. So instead of tell you what you should do to grow, we thought, why not take a different approach? 
What if we just created space and encouraged you to talk to God about what he was doing in your life and then just give you a bunch of different ways that you might follow him and find ways that we as the people of God could help one another to do it. You know, as a church, there's three primary ways that we can help you become who God has created you to be. There's lots of ways to help people journey with God. There's lots of ways to help people grow. But there's three main ones that, that we kind of own as a church and that we have created strategy and pathways around. And they look different in, in different moments of time. But for every child, every student, and every adult, we are committed to help you grow in your understanding of God, find friendship and help for the journey, and join God's work in the world. We believe those three things as we do them over and over again, are the things that are most helpful to us to be formed and to grow and become who God has created you to be, us to be. So to grow in our understanding of who God is, we also call that form. To find friendship and help for the journey, we call that being gathered. And to join God's work in the world, we call that being sent. And so on that reflection guide that you participated in in January, based on how you answered those questions, you received one of three pathways, form, gather, or send. And within those, there was a handful of st steps that you could take uh, that you could grow in this year. And so many of you picked one of those steps. There were a lot of other steps that God led you to that were more specific and personal to where you were. I'm telling you, it has been so fun to read those. And as a staff, what you've shared has really sh shaped our approach and, and the ways in which we help you journey with God this year. So I thought it would be fun to just share some of what we learned uh, from that guide in January and check in with a couple people who, who took a step. Okay, so one of the questions that had, uh, first, the, the questions that had the highest scores and the lowest scores. Uh, so the questions that had the highest scores means they were ones that were most often affirmed as being true. So as you, as you took this and, and started to kind of reflect and, and wrestle with it, these were the ones that you said, this is most true of me or this is true of me. The first is, I have a network of support around me if and when I need it. The second was, I feel safe asking tough questions about God. And the third, I have people in my life to help me learn and understand about God. Gosh, I, I love that. And, and that second one too, I, I think it is really unique about this place. The, the fact that you would say that you feel safe wrestling with and asking tough questions about God. I, I think if you were to survey uh, people who call themselves Christ followers all over, that is not something that would score as high as it did in this place. And so I, I just love that that is true of this community. Now there were three that had the lowest scores, which just means they were areas that people said they wanted to grow in or, or people affirmed as less true. And the first was, I am aware of and pray for my neighbors. The second, I have a strong sense of God's purpose for me in this world. And the third, I process with others what I'm learning in my journey of faith. And so we saw a lot of you kind of name steps around those three areas uh, and even checked in with a few that, that did that. So if you wrote down the step that you wanted to take in January and turned it in with your email, then you got an email this week from Caitlin, our connections director, just reminding you of that step, whatever it was that you committed to take. And so I, I want you to find that email if you've not seen it. If, if you already had forgotten, that's okay, about what that step was. You know, feel free to pause the live stream if you want. But if that step is something that you've done, I want you to celebrate. I'm serious. It may feel so little and insignificant, but I want you to make a big deal out of it and celebrate in some way. I want you to tell someone about it. Throw yourself a party, okay? And if it's something you've yet to do, please do not lose heart. 
But I want to invite you to find a way to take that step in the, in the coming months because this is why. We want to revisit this reflection and assessment guide in the fall together as a community and name some new ones that we could take moving forward. And so find a way to do it. We're going to celebrate and party with you in the fall. You know, like I said, I had a chance to talk with a handful of you this week who, who named some step and then took it. And I just asked the question, how has it been for you? What was that like? Uh, and then I asked, has it helped you see yourself or God or others in a new way? And has it helped you grow? And if so, how? So Jim and Mary took a step to get involved with Fostering Hope. That's the one they named. And Jim shared this with me. Over the years, I've associated spiritual growth with Bible study, with evangelism, with helping others grow in personal disciplines, such as quiet times, prayer, scripture memory. My wife and I's decision to become involved with Fostering Hope was an entirely new avenue for me in terms of spiritual growth. But the experience has created a significant widening of my perception on the description and the reality of ministry. Gosh, I love that. Leslie and Randy uh, named a step to get involved with Care Portal. And this is what Leslie shared with me. She said, I'm so thankful for an outlet to walk out what God has put in my heart. And this has been a wonderful avenue, and I hope to be more involved as we're able to move more freely as coronavirus calms down. But for now, seeing the needs of these families and then watching the family of God move to fill them has been such an incredible blessing. Katie Beth named a step that she wanted to take this year to just neighbor well, and she shared this. She said, I see my neighbors more how God sees them, and I've begun to build relationships with them that will allow me to someday tell them how he sees them. I also have come to realize that God wasn't upset with me those five years living in our old home just because I didn't know our neighbors well. It's easy for me to put expectations on myself that were never put on me by others, God included. And I've lived in some shame those years that I wasn't doing more to neighbor well. Thankfully, God has never felt that way towards me. And I'm finally choosing to believe and live into that truth. He wants me to neighbor well, not just to share his love with our neighbors, but to receive his love through them. Gosh, so good. And finally, uh, Rosemary and Brian took a step to join a group and ended up actually starting a small group. And this is what Rosemary shared. She said, God is showing me that church is not about the completion of a study. It's not a check next to the line, small group study for the week. But God is calling us to live life together. And right now, that means living life together apart. Our virtual table has been far more enjoyable than the table currently sitting in our home. And that's why I don't want to come out of social isolation the way I came in. I don't want to go back to pleasantries, with our group simply to hurry up to the actual Bible study or to praying or even to Christian-themed conversation. Those are all good things. But being at the table, investing the time in other members of our group, that is the good work, the area where God wants us to plug in. I share these stories because it says something about this place, but it also gives us an idea where God is leading us collectively as a community and not just individually here's the thing I want you to see this morning. If you hear nothing else, please grab onto this truth. It doesn't matter how small or big the step you named seemed. Just the act of listening to God, asking him to direct you, taking a step is enough. That that was the ask. 
And any step that you took has helped you to grow in ways that have been obvious to you or in ways that will, will still be shown. But that is his invitation to us to do it over and over and over again. And that's what walking with Jesus and being directed by the Holy Spirit looks like. That's the journey with God that we talk so much about here. We ask, we invite him to lead and direct. We take a step and God shows up. So maybe this season has felt like a setback to you, this time of COVID, like me. Maybe you haven't had the energy or the opportunity or the courage to take the step you named in January. Maybe you just feel hopelessly overwhelmed and everything about this moment in time feels like survival. Can I comfort you? God has been at work through the Holy Spirit in you. It hasn't stopped. It's not all lost. You have not undone what God has been forming in you this year. The promise is this, that he who began a good work will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. But maybe you're on the other side. Maybe this season has felt like a gift for you, a gift of family, a gift of space and time, a a reset, a fresh start, and you're trying to find ways to capture all of the good from these last few months and, and carry it forward. Can I encourage you? God has been at work. If it has felt like a gift to you, it's because he has been present in it, and he will help you sustain And carry forth what needs to be carried forth into what's next. And so regardless of where you are, felt like a setback, felt like a gift, somewhere in between, all of it at the same time, I promise the Holy Spirit is revealing and exposing some things. And he is graciously and gently exposing what is broken and what is not working. And it's a good thing. And he's reminding us what's most important. He's giving space for what matters most. And just maybe that was completely and entirely his work from the beginning. So this week, would you just set aside some time to reflect? Would you answer the question, how am I doing? How am I really doing? Would you ask God to draw your attention to where he's been working these past two months? What soil has he been prepping for growth? Would you ask him to give you words for exactly what he's revealing? Now, we've pulled together a handful of reflection questions that can guide you if you'd like. You can find them on the sermon reflection guide this morning, uh, or you can find them on this week at Pulpit Rock or in the chat notes on YouTube or live stream. But use those questions. Let them be a guide. And pull out the journal you bought at the beginning of the year. You remember when Jonathan told you to go buy a journal? Pull that journal out and write down what God is saying. Write down the answer to the question, how am I doing? And then I want to encourage you to take one more step. After you write it down, after you reflect and process, would you share it with someone? A friend, a roommate, your spouse, someone you trust. Just pray and thank God together for what he has done. And then name another step that you could take to follow where he's leading. You know, there's these seasons in life where we find ourselves stuck in the waiting, the now and the not yet. There's incredible tension in that place when we're stuck in the waiting. I remember when I was engaged to Janae, just how badly I wanted to be married. It was right there. If only we could just make it through this engagement, then we could get to the good stuff. 
I felt that way when, when Logan was, uh, our first was born and, and Janae was pregnant. I just wanted to kind of get through that pregnancy to that moment when he arrived. This feels a little bit like that, doesn't it? It feels like normal is, is just around the corner. It's so close and it's not yet. And we want so badly to just make it through and get to the good stuff on the other side. To put our head down and make it happen. But God is present with us right here and right now. This is the good stuff because this is where he is. Let's not miss it. Every feeling of pain and loss, every frustration, all of the tension, the unrealistic demands of your time and your energy, the fear and anxiety, the uncertain future, in all of it, he is present and it is, he is at work. And he is revealing and exposing. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace to receive comfort and mercy and help in time of need. Amen.